0: Chapter 28 of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, South America. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Carpenter's Geographical Reader, South America by Frank Carpenter. Chapter 28 in Paraguay paraguay lies about as far inland from the atlantic ocean as the state of illinois but by our winding way up the rivers we have journeyed as great a distance as from new york to omaha we are now about midway on the west border of paraguay proper and just opposite the lower corner of a vast wilderness known as the paraguayan chaco paraguay is composed of two divisions paraguay proper and the chaco paraguay proper corresponds to our states the chaco is more like our territories it is the wild west of paraguay it is inhabited only by savage indians and wild beasts it is a vast territory lying west of the paraguay river and north of the Pilcomayo river being bounded on the north by bolivia the chaco has large forests extensive swamps and some good lands it is almost all in a state of nature having been little explored paraguay proper is the settled part of the country it has all the cities and towns and is the only part in which civilized people live it lies east of the paraguay river and north of the parana river being located somewhat as illinois is in our country the parana corresponding to the ohio river and the paraguay to the mississippi paraguay proper is about as large as missouri and it is much like it in character the country is beautifully rolling with numerous streams upon which the crops can be moved to the ports of the parana and paraguay rivers it has great pastures and large tracts of rich soil there are one or two low mountain ranges running through the country these mountains are covered with forests and they add greatly to the beauty of the scenery the climate and products are semi-tropical there are small plantations of tobacco, manioc, and sugar cane. There are orange trees everywhere, and clumps of palm trees upon the great plains. The people of Paraguay are few. They are composed of the whites, of the mixed race, and of pure Indians. Those of the white and mixed races number only about 800,000, and there are in the neighborhood of 50,000 savage Indians. Among the civilized people there are more of the mixed race than of the pure whites the indians who inhabited paraguay when the spaniards came were more civilized than most of the other tribes of the continent and the spanish intermarried with them many of their sons and daughters also married indians and we find that nearly all the paraguay people have indian blood in their veins the indians whom they married were guaranis and today the guarani language is more used by the common people than the spanish we shall take with us a guide who understands guarani to act as interpreter during our tour for we may be in places where the people cannot speak spanish paraguay has no large cities the largest by far is Asuncion, which we are about to explore it contains nearly one hundred thousand people villarica which lies one hundred miles to the east has thirty thousand and is next in size other large towns are Villa Concepcion, 250 miles north of Asuncion, on the Paraguay River, and Villa Encarnacion, in the south, on the north bank of the Parana River. Smaller towns and numerous villages are scattered about over the country. The city of Asuncion is the business, social, and financial center, and has always been the principal town of Paraguay. As we go through it, we shall find many modern improvements, it has banks telegraphs colleges and newspapers it has good houses several large churches and many buildings mossy with age asuncion is one of the oldest cities of our hemisphere babies born in it had grown up and become gray-haired men and women before captain john smith started jamestown it was long one of the chief centers of civilization of south america and for some years was more important than either buenos Aires or montevideo in eighteen eleven paraguay declared itself independent for many years afterwards it was governed by unscrupulous rulers who oppressed the people cruelly finally one of the rulers named lopez finding it so easy to oppress his own people thought he could dictate as he pleased to the nations about him he offended brazil uruguay and argentina and they combined and declared war upon him they marched with their armies against the paraguayans and although the latter fought bravely they could not withstand such a large force the war lasted five years and in the end nearly all the men and many of the women of paraguay perished the tyrant lopez was killed then paraguay sued for peace she lost much of her territory and became very poor asuncion had been almost destroyed large parts of the country had been laid desolate and the people there were little more than women and children left indeed so many of the men were killed that today there are more women than men in the country we notice this as we walk from the wharves up into asuncion it is early morning and the streets are filled with women going to and from market how like ghosts they look each is clad in white with a long cotton sheet wrapped about her head so that only her dark face shows the most of them are barefooted and they make no noise as they walk sprite-like through the streets there is one coming toward us who has a great jar upon her head and a load of firewood in her arms she is walking rapidly and her dark legs show out below her white skirts halfway to the knees behind her comes another white sheeted figure upon whose head is a great basket of oranges with a chunk of raw meat on top THE BASKET IS PERFECTLY BALANCED AND SHE WALKS ALONG WITHOUT TOUCHING HER BURDEN. THERE ARE OTHER WOMEN CARRYING ALL SORTS OF THINGS IN THE SAME WAY. BAGS OF VEGETABLES, PANS OF MEAT, BUNDLES OF FIREWOOD. IN FACT, THEY CARRY EVERYTHING ON THEIR HEADS. IT SEEMS NO TROUBLE TO KEEP THE LOAD STEADY FOR AS WE GO BY THEY DO NOT LIFT UP THEIR HANDS AND TAKE NO PAINS TO AVOID BEING JOSTLED. WE PASS MORE WOMEN ON OUR WAY TO THE MARKET HOUSE going through the chief business streets the city is not large and it takes but a short time to learn its most curious features it is laid out in the spanish style the streets crossing one another at right angles with a park or plaza here and there many of the streets are well paved and there are electric car lines that go to all parts of the city and far out into the country the streets are wide but the town is so uphill and down that there are comparatively few carriages or automobiles. Many of the cars are hauled by three mules abreast. The animals go so fast that we jump on the sidewalk to get out of their way. What curious houses! They are almost all of one story, built close to the sidewalk in blocks, so that they form solid walls running from street to street. All have iron-barred windows, and the houses are painted each a different color here is one of sky-blue the next is rose-pink and over the way one of pale yellow here comes a policeman he is dressed in a blue uniform with a long sword at his side if he should arrest us he would take us into a red jail and on the way we should pass the lilac-colored buildings in which congress meets we might see the cream-tinted palace from which the president rules and should go by houses of every color let us take a look at the business part of the town the stores are not large but they are stocked with goods from all parts of the world that building on the corner is the chief hotel of the country it was once a palace of lopez the tyrant the market-house is a block farther on it looks more like a monastery than a market it is a great one-story building running about a hollow square with a low roof which extends out upon all sides over the cloisters are wide porches which run round it it is painted indian red and the color forms a bright background for the strange figures about it people are buying and selling at the meat stalls in the building the court inside is filled with tables and benches where all kinds of things paraguayan are sold let us stop in the porches and look about us every part of the market is swarming with women there are scores of women sitting on the bricks with their wares spread out before them others stand behind the butcher at counters and with knives and saws cut up great chunks of meat for their customers others have vegetables laces and jewelry which they beseech you to buy what a chatter they make as they bargain there are no scales and no measures see this vegetable woman who is squatting almost under our feet she has a stock of green peas which she has arranged in piles on the bricks there is about a pint in each pile and the customer buys by eye measure each purchaser brings a cloth with her to wrap up what she buys for the market women furnish neither paper nor string in going through the market we can learn much concerning the chief products of paraguay we see tobacco sold everywhere and we shall find that paraguay raises much tobacco for export the greater part of the tobacco however is consumed at home three-fourths of the women we meet have cigars in their mouths both buyers and sellers are smoking like chimneys some of the market women are chewing cigars and others are rolling up leaf tobacco to smoke we see small girls smoking and chewing and boys of six and eight years smoke without stint among other things sold in large quantities are manioc and oranges manioc is a root which in paraguay takes the place of both potatoes and wheat as food its roots grow in great bunches, each root about the size of a carrot. There are two varieties. One of these is boiled or roasted much like a potato. The other must first be ground and squeezed to take out a poisonous juice which it has in it. After this, it becomes a flour and is eaten in soup, in stews, and in other ways. End of chapter twenty eight.